0: This episode is brought to you by Alberta Podcast Network. My name is Kenny Buller and as a host of Second Floor Podcast, we are extremely proud to say that we are partners and affiliated with Alberta Podcast Network. Enjoy the episode. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Second Floor Podcast. We have a very special guest today. And we have, you know, John Chung, owner and founder of Evolve Strength Gym, is so special that we had to get both Cassius and me on the show to be able to shake it up with John himself. So, John, welcome to the podcast, man. It's a pleasure to have Thanks, you. Thanks, bro. Welcome. Anytime. Um, I just want us to kick things off, John, with you sharing... You know, what is Evolve Strength Gym? You know, primarily our audience members are from Edmonton, Alberta, and they know. Mm. But for our audience and our listeners out there, uh, you know, if you can summarize what Evolve Strength Gym is, why don't you share with us uh, what it's all about?
1: Sure, yeah. I guess the easiest way I would say Evolve um, to describe it would be a multidisciplinary healthcare facility that essentially we make it a one-stop shop for health. Uh, and that's on the gym side, that's massage, that's chiro, that's physio. So we're essentially bringing everything under one roof so you don't have to go anywhere else. Um, so it's not just the gym, it's not just healthcare, it's the first mix of that uh, component. So yeah, everything from personal trainers to group fitness to regular gym to your high-end healthcare. Massage, physio, chiro, acupuncture, dietitians, osteopaths, surgeons, um, physicians, um, that's pretty much the main bit of it and then we break it down by it's not an employee based model it is a licensee model so everyone who comes under are their own businesses so in one location we can have 70 businesses or 80 businesses all within the one spot so all personal trainers are their own businesses all the massage therapists are their own businesses so they're renting what they want uh, and they're reaping the reward of being on their own but they have the support of a large facility so like when I started, uh, mainly kind of geared towards personal trainers. I thought, okay, like you can either be an employee or you can open your own gym. And there's, but there's nothing in the middle. Like there's so much risk to open a small studio. You got to buy all the equipment. You got to get a five ten year lease. Deal with landlords. So if I if I thought I could do rate, something right in the middle, where they can rent, have access to everything, run it how they want, but the dollar value is going to be low. You know, a lot of people should hopefully jump at the opportunity to be their own boss, but not have the risk or liability of, you know, opening your own facility. So that's kind of the easiest way to describe it.
0: That's brilliant. It's it's one of those situations where you feel like everybody wins. Yeah. And, you know, one would go, what's the catch? But you made it very clear, you know, based off of the um, way everyone would pretty much know what they need to pay and how the model looks, right? Mm-hmm. I um I'm curious to know, I mean... In your head when creating that one-stop shop landscape i mean i find everyone in our day and age will say well why don't you just hone in on one thing first mm-hmm. like i you i'm i'm assuming that you went one-stop shop from the get-go like yes. it wasn't like let's just start with personal trainers and let's make that successful and go up from there mm-hmm. uh, and that's a very traditional way of doing business um so did you go one-stop shop from day one? Oh yeah and if, if that is the case then um I'm sure you must have thought of the many many risks in doing so but what made you clearly realize that the reward was far higher than all the risks by doing it this way
1: I'll give you uh two things for that Yeah so where I got the idea from Uh so two things that came from it So I was uh, at the University of Alberta training uh Golden Bears for a couple of years Eskimos for a couple of years and at the university there's a gym called the High Performance Training and Research Center That was in uh, Seville Center. And it was essentially just a gymnasium that converted into a workout area. It was just like 20 squat racks, spin bikes, et cetera, et cetera. And it was only able to be accessed for varsity athletes. And we had calls like daily. Yo, can I train here? Can I train here? Can I bring here? And we we said no because it's only for varsity athletes. So I saw there was a demand for a high-performance gym. So I thought, okay, that's interesting. No one's ever done it before. So I kind of left that in the back of my head. And then when I worked with the Eskimos, uh, I was their head strength coach for a couple of years, and what we were doing in season was return to play protocols. So if a guy got injured, say tweaked a knee or stinger or tore a muscle, right? Um, we would work as a team. There was two strength coaches, two athletic therapists. They had a chiro, massage, five physiatrists, some docs. We'd essentially figure out a team-based approach to treatment. And if they were supposed to be out for six months, we had to get them back in three. Right. So it was crazy. It was crazy seeing this team and work environment of getting this guy healthy. I was like, fuck, there's no possible way right now to get that treatment. Either you like you were in a car crash, went to the hospital, team based approach or you're high end athlete and you have the funding to do so. So the 99 percent of people don't get this treatment model. I was like, it'd be sweet if we could kind of bring that to the public. Because they can reap the benefits versus having, you know, I have a Cairo on the west side of the city, I have a physio over here, and they don't talk. Right? So I'm having to tell them, okay, this is my issue, go to the Cairo, Cairo's not talking to physio, physio's not talking to massage, or massage's not talking to personal trainer. And so if I, if I could bring it all in-house, you could have everyone talk amongst each other, develop a team-based approach to treatment, work together, and get the person back you know uh, in half the time. So that was the kind of goal in regards to that that's wow. brilliant that's amazing what about
2: the idea of like the initial start of it like when did the idea start to really come to fruition where you were like oh, okay like I'm gonna I'm gonna dive into this and make it oh, really yeah. happen
0: especially when you're involved in already so much Because yeah. the,
2: the seeds right? are like the seed obviously is planted in your head you're like, oh, maybe there might be a demand for this. Oh, I think I might do this one-stop shop. But when was it like, all right.
1: Yeah, it's super sweet. I know, I know the exact moment. So I was working with the police. Sorry, working with the Eskimos first, a couple of years, and then jumped over to, to the police. So I was uh, training the uh, Edmonton Police Force, uh, meaning the recruits. I was there for about two years, and then job uh, ended. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then everyone's like, yo, you should open the gym. And I was like, no, I'm not going to open a gym. (laughs) That's the stupidest idea ever because everyone tries to open a gym and nobody succeeds, right? It's always the same thing over and over again. People kept on saying, do it, do it, do it, do it. And the funny thing, you know, my parents own a candy store. They still do. Uh, It's called The Nut Shop on the north side. Uh, They had it all my life. And it's too small to have a lot of employees. So it was either my mom working or my dad working. And they still have it. And I remember like, as growing up as a kid, I was like, I will never own a business ever because the work-life balance just is brutal, yeah. so bad. Um, so then people kept on annoying me. Yo, you open a gym, open a gym, open a gym. And I spent, uh, I allocated one day, it was a Wednesday night, and I was like, okay, fine, I will spend the time to research it. And if I do, and I like it, I'll go for it. If I don't, then whatever. And it all boiled down to risk. So I was just like, okay, hey, well, obviously I need startup capital. I need to figure out how to do that. And I was going on to loan websites, um, ATB, TD, whatever, right? And I found this program. It was called the Canadian Small Business Financing Program. And it is a program that allows um, entrepreneurs to start up capital that is 75% secured by the government of Canada. So the person wow. who's taking it out only has to secure 25%. So I was like, oh, well the risk is barely nothing. Yeah. It's like $87,500 because the max loan is $350,000. So I thought the risk of doing this is $87,000. And that's like a year. So I was like, okay, well, if it all fails, I'll just go get a job for a year or two and then pay it off and then I will continue. Worth it. Yeah, so it purely just looked at the risk, right? Because if you're not looking at it, I was like, fuck, like, this is gonna be expensive. I'm going to have to put up everything. I don't have a lot of security, et cetera, et cetera. But when I looked at it, it was literally just a risk-reward. Now that this is for sure worth the risk because the risk wasn't very big. And I kind of find that, like, everyone just assumes that the risk is always so high. When they look at it, it's actually not, right? It was just that security, which I would only have to pay if I failed, and then time. i just got to work my ass off, right? So that's all it was really, like, giving up it was just time and then the money if i failed so i thought actually this is a pretty simple thing uh and then a guy at the time so i was training this police officer uh tim and he was like yo i'll do it with you and i was like oh sweet i have some some help uh so then he was like you know what let's just like um let's just go look at places all right?" uh pulled up cbre's website took a look found the spot it's funny the first gym um still open it's the smallest of all it was on the south side of edmonton And I was looking between two buildings, this one on Santa 5th Street and the current one. And I was like, oh, man, like the one on Santa 5th Street is so much better, more exposure. And the other one was like, that's not bad. Uh, But I called up uh, the guy who was representing CBRE. And it was a guy I used to train. No, oh, yeah. I'm like, That's hey, all. yo, and remember me? He's like, oh, sweet. So Help no, me, please. Yeah, I'm going to try and <laughs> yeah. open a gym. So then we went and looked at it, and, I, and he was like, which one do you like better? I was like, oh, I for sure love the 75th Street one, because way more exposure, but I guess we'll go look at this other one. He's like, okay, let's go look at the one you don't like first, and then we'll go look at the other one. I was like, sounds good. So we go to the one that I didn't like at the time, which actually is the valve that I actually end up choosing. I go in, and they had offices, tons of offices. Uh, because it was an accounting firm at the front end and a warehouse in the back. So you got the offices with it And I was like, oh, I can rent these out All right, mm. massage and physio, etc, etc. Ah, so I kind of go. built That's out. where your mind was going, right? Yeah uh, And then we go to the other spot and they didn't have any offices I was like, It's better exposure, but there's no offices. Mm. So I was like, ah, screw it. I'll go to the other one So yeah, I uh, got the loans the contacts. I, I was ordering equipment anyway through EPS So I had contacts through there And then I had, you know, thoughts of this massive list of uh, trainers and other people who I've been working with in the past. And the funny thing, people are like, oh, did all your contacts uh, that you had previously come over. And I said, two. Only two. Wow. Yeah. So everyone else was new. Yeah. It was just networking and networking and networking and networking. Uh, that got it. So it wasn't because I was a trainer It helped for sure because I can talk the lingo mm-hmm. and I can talk to physiotherapists because I've done it in the past But the actual people who came over were just two. all the rest was just uh, networking and advertising
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this message is brought to you by ATB financial built to help Albertans ATB's campaign is here to answer questions commonly asked by Albertans in these tough times Fun fact, ATB opened in 1938 to provide support to Albertans during hard times and has since supported Albertans through both the bad and the good. Especially with the unprecedented times we've been living in, ATB is here to help Albertans as Alberta slowly recovers from the effects of COVID-19. While we all know the downturn is not necessarily completely over, ATB was built to help Albertans as they try to rebuild and find their new normal. Even now, good advice is within reach. As you guys know, listening to our podcast as well, your financial situation today, tomorrow, or this very hour is why ATB is here. ATB will listen and help with the knowledge and solutions that you need right now. So why? Because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit ATB. You, you know what and i couldn't help but feel like that worked more in your favor just hearing it from the outside in because when you mention someone like tim for instance um is he still involved no nope. in business no okay fair um and the only reason why i asked that is i find i think we've all been guilty of this even when we created the podcast mm. but it was like you'll get anyone who says they're interested and you're like yeah yeah <laughs> let's do it right yeah. but then you, you i'm sure now you think you're like wait a second, like. This person pretty much just has to be my business partner. Like, we're in bed together financially. Totally. And I know a lot of those things change over time just based off of one's commitment to it, Mm -hmm. right? And if they're not going the same speed you are, you can see real quick, real quickly rather, that person no longer have as much buy-in. And uh, I find that it almost worked possibly if you wanted to speak into this in your favor, the fact that there were new fresh faces who are essentially now willing to come in as tenants um, in the space where... They are going to be a massage, or they are going to be a chiropractor, or whatever have you, because I find that it becomes so easy to like be like, oh, well, you know what, John? I mean, give me a couple months to pay that rent, you know? I mean, you know, you do me a solid, you know, mm-hmm. we're friends, or, oh, man, I, you know, I need, I need to get this money out now to pay whatever, but, I mean, I'm just wondering from your experience, because we've been through it, I know others are, where I heard time and time again where people are like, ah... One of my clients actually said this. I asked, it has to do with this. I was like, hey, he's 70, right? He's turning 70. I said, Dave, you know, you ran a really awesome um, goods and services uh, transporting business. Mm. You know, you had certain countries, you had like Seven Elevens and SOs attached to your name. And, like, well, you know, outside of that personal life or professional, you know, what's the biggest regret you had? And I shit you not, out of anything you could have said, he said, Kenny, my biggest regret was at the time when I needed some support, my, he said, I think it was a stepdad. He said, my stepdad goes, you know what, Dave, I'll, I'll join you. I'll be your business partner. He says, that was my biggest regret. Mm. Cause he's like, it just, it ruined our personal relationship. And there's just things I couldn't say when I needed to say it. So I'm just wondering like, what would your advice be to someone who does get asked? Like, Oh man, I think your idea is sick. Like let's Let's do it. Let's do it together. Mm. Like when you get someone like that or, or someone who wants to be a tenant, they're good friends with you. What are certain things that you've noticed now through your experience that are worth asking that person or, or at least having a conversation mm. and then how mm. that should look and sound? Because we've personally seen this situation happen a lot. And it'd be pretty interesting to hear your perspective on it.
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll tell you the story of like the partners I've had. Cause, mm-hmm. <clears throat> like they're all they're all fine. So Tim, great guy. Um he, unfortunately, had to bow out like a, a month in. So he was a full-time officer, and I think he still is. Uh, he was, wasn't was able to, you know, be able to dedicate both, right? Because it was a full-time job for police and then a full-time job at Evolve. So, you know, I'm grateful to him because he was able to... Be, if I didn't have him, I wouldn't be able to start Evolve, right? Um, it was super cool, right? And then from there, there was a guy named Travis, I met at the gym, you know, it was a great relationship, lasted I think about three, maybe five, six months, and then it was done. Um, and then no partners, and then I took on a partner, his name is Ray Yu. Uh, that started, um, and that's this crazy story I'll tell you later, uh, about a year and a half ago. No, two years ago, I think. Yeah, it's been awesome. Nice. So what you would look for, really, is um, if you're taking on a partner, or whatever the case may be, um, strengths and weaknesses for sure, right? What can this person add that I don't have? When people say, like, you got to work on your strengths, I was like, well, in business, you for sure can, but it just takes a long time. Mm -hmm. So know what you're good at and then hire or find someone else who can do the stuff that you can't do. Right? So that was super beneficial, right? Uh, Videography, man. I'm telling you, I still didn't know how to touch a camera. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like for myself, me and Ray, like, Phenomenal. Um, great, uh, great relationship. And he excels at things that I don't excel with and, and vice versa. Right. So it's super, super great to see that. Right. Um, and then just you want to look for obviously honesty, but just more so you can get along with the person. Right. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you the story about Ray because it's yeah, just so I'm funny. Right? Was he's like, your oh, co-founder right Yeah, with uh, you. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the way, way it started was obviously we have offices to rent and Office came available, threw up a Gigi, and uh, you know, Officer Red, right? And this guy Ray, he uh, he messages like, oh, hey, I'm just looking for an office, right? And I was like, what do you do? He's like, oh, I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur. And I was like, oh, cool, sounds good, man. Uh, let's meet. So he comes to the gym, and see him. I was like, hey, yeah, I'll show you around, give you a tour, gave him a tour, told him what it's about. And He was like, man, this sounds so cool. And we chatted for like two hours. Like, first conversation was like half an hour just about talking about cars. <laughs> Super <laughs> sick Brabus. So um, talked about that and then you know, conversation kept on going. He said, yeah, if you want everyone to do something, just let me know, man. Super great, and I was like, yeah, sounds good. I'll reach out to you next week. So I reached out to him next the following week, chatting some more, chatting some more. He said, yeah, I love like, partnering up with people, see what we can do. And we started kind of snowballing. He has uh, medical clinics that he owns. So he's on more of the uh, reactive side versus preventative health, right? He's like, yeah, it'd be awesome to get onto the preventative health side, right? massage, chiropractic, acupuncture, personal training, working out, you're preventing health issues, right? He's on the other side. So he's like, it's great but I'm kind of stuck on what I can do. Like there's not a lot of flexibility. Here we can kind of do whatever we want. So then we just kind of snowballed from there and then, yeah, I said, you know what, this is going to be a great partnership uh, given his track record and what he can provide is not the experience that I have, Mm -hmm. especially from the real estate acquisition side uh, and then from the medical side because he has experience and he's he's a pharmacist by trade. And ever since then, like, yeah, our acceleration has been super high, right? So he's focusing on long-term growth. I'm focusing on making sure everything's operational. Um, So it's been great. So really looking for someone who complements your weaknesses is is a great one. That's awesome. So did he, um, when, when the initial idea came about, he was just, excited hey oh yeah he's like yeah this, ma- this makes so much sense and the funny thing he was like telling his friends yo I'm, uh, I'm gonna buy and I'm gonna invest in a gym. And people are like, You're an idiot! You're so yeah. stupid! And he's like, no, no, no! It's not a regular gym. Yeah. Uh, it's it's all gonna
0: start with me just leasing this one office. So yeah. The it's this like, guy no, is. it's it's
1: everything, right? Yeah. And then that, that's the big thing. That's why we've been we've been so successful. Yeah. Um, You know, getting locations that you know we're fighting up against big guys like like the Amazon one. So this one's pretty cool. So. Um, we're, we got locked into the Amazon headquarters in Vancouver. It's awesome. Man. Yeah, and how it happened was, so we have a real estate agent, uh, her name is Perry, in Vancouver, scoping out places, knows everyone, and she was chatting with uh, one of the leasing agents at Quadreal, who owns the building. And she's like, yeah, we're looking for a non-traditional gym. I was like, what do you mean? It's like, Amazon wants something special. And currently, at that time, they had Equinox, they had Good Life, and they had Steve Nash. I'm like, yeah, they're fine, but we want something a little more, right? And Paris like, oh, I represent a brand in Alberta. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take a look, go there, and then if it's good, I'll, I'll get you guys uh, to be flown out. So she comes, meets us, um, goes, gives us a tour, etc. She says, yeah, this would be good. So we flew out to Vancouver, and we're pitching Quadreal, who's obviously the landlord, and then Amazon's taking 1.1 million square feet. Of the whole building. The building's like 1.4 million. They're taking, leaving 300,000 wow. uh, just for a Got to else. room. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. it's crazy. Yeah, it's freaking huge. So then we go and we pitch it and we say, you know, yeah, we're a gym for sure, right? Our gym is different, it's more unique, right? Um, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But not only do we bring a gym, but we bring physio and chiro and acupuncture. But what we do is we source it locally. Right, Because everyone who is comprised of, at an Evolve are the local practitioners within the area. So we still say local, even though we're, I guess, not local to Vancouver. Everyone who makes it up is from that area.
0: It's a huge selling point. Yeah,
1: so if we have, say, 40 offices we have to fill, it's all from the local community, right? We just say, hey, guys, we have leasable space. Who wants to come in? Trainers, who wants to come in? So it's building that community from the people who are coming in. We're essentially, people kind of call us like the WeWork of fitness, you know, um, and we're kind of the same, right? Everyone just comes in. So when we pitched them, we said, yeah, we can, we can um, custom bring any, I guess, offering that Amazon wants. So we can say, hey, we can look at your benefits package. And if you've got, got a huge amount of massage or you have mental health therapy and you have this, We'll grab those therapists, and bring them in for you, and you can use it. So it's custom-tailored to whatever the environment wants. And that's a cool thing, right? So landlords like, so this is sweet. awesome. And then landlords really understand it because we're doing it from a scale that landlords can't focus on because we go from like 100 square feet to 1,000, and landlords typically are 1,000 and up. So we're, we're replicating what they do just on a smaller scale mm-hmm. so they fully understand it.
0: Yep. And it's, yeah. would you argue it's highly more in their favor? Totally right because yep. then they're seeing how many more hands are in the pot yeah and they're recognizing the support of local vendors who mm-hmm. are actually going to be from vancouver are going to be all over it Yep. so if anything they're going to look at those spots filling up much quicker
1: oh yeah like you know? our our brentwood location so at the amazon one won't be ready till 2023 we have people already showing interest but it's still pretty far out our brentwood's going to open probably um june july of next year yeah we're full. We've been full for like a month. It's awesome. And we just wow. said, Yeah, we have space. And they're like, Oh, you guys have space? <laughs> no one has space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thank goodness.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's incredible, man. Honestly, first of all, congratulations on yeah. getting that. That's yeah. gonna hugely elevate the brand oh, yeah. in many it's ways. Crazy. Right? Yeah. And I'm sure like, you know, when we go back and your love for opening up a quote unquote gym, was it at the time? a one location deal for you in your head? Or did you also think like, all right, well, if I'm going into this, you know, like you had your one night playing the risk. And I love how you shared that in our pre-interview that one day. Like, guys, we asked you like, how much time? You're like, well, just a night. (laughs) You're like, oh, you know, I did it overnight. I realized let's do this thing, which I applaud you for, right? Because, you know, we've been guilty of it. Many other people do. They go, they think on and on and on. about is it worth it? Is it worth it? Oh, I need time to think. When in reality, you're like, okay, well, here's my risk. I'll work an extra two years. Let's, let's go for it. There's mm-hmm. no time to waste. But was it a one sh- shop only deal at the time? Or were you also thinking, no, like, it's
1: going to start with one and I won't expand.
3: And I no, won't expand
1: fast. I, it was purely just one. I had no dreams or aspirations of doing it more. And, and this is, I'm glad
0: you share that because, you know, one of my dreams one day is to run uh, my own academy, associated with MMA and jiu-jitsu mm. and uh, you know, mainly uh, martial arts-related um, offerings. Mm-hmm. And you know, I think too. I'm like, okay, well, if and when is one ready to open up a second location? Am I right in saying this? Is it when you know the demand is high enough, where first location's full, it's profiting? Now you look for a second one, or could you argue through what you've experienced or what? You believe is true that it's like it's okay to go one. It's picking up speed, and I open up another one. Well, where do you sit with that when we, one is ready to expand into another location?
1: I did it based upon risk. So all I did was I said because I keep hearing people like, oh, you should open up another one, should open up another one. So I said okay. So I did a poll. Nice, I said, yeah. do you think we should open another one, and if so, where? and then people just it was just online on our Facebook page uh, and then people said yes, 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 yes Northside I was like okay sounds good Uh, so then I was like hey well there is demand now I gotta figure out how to do it right. so then the funny thing and like uh, I kind of say like you make your own luck kind of thing or just digital hard work right Um, I was chatting with this guy and he was like well what are you gonna do I was like I don't know and he was like what about franchising I was like I guess franchising could be cool Give it a try. I don't know what it's about, so I just Googled franchising Edmonton. And the following weekend, there was a franchise expo. I was like, "That seems pretty cool." And there was a lawyer there that was doing a presentation, saying how to franchise your business. Sweet. <laughs> I was
3: like, "Oh wow, go <laughs> to
4: that guy. I will,
1: I will go to it." And <laughs> then he was the lawyer that I used the franchise. Love it. <laughs> See, that guy came into your
0: life at the perfect time, and vice versa. It was totally like, this is perfect. Oh yeah.
3: Awesome.
1: Yeah.
0: Timing, man.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it it really all boils down to risk. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, the risk doesn't seem that high, or like, yeah, I could have expanded, the, you know, the first year. I was like, but the risk is too high. Yeah. Yeah. Do you? You know, I'm curious. So now, now
2: that you know, you you're, you're in a, you know established brand and things are rolling. Did you? You know, when you had the vision from when this idea manifested of evolve, mm-hmm. and now has. Has that manifested into reality, like exactly the way you kind of pictured it with, you know, the vent, like everyone having their own little business and Evolve and like just the way you had pictured? Because the reason I say this is that sometimes in our head, we have this idea of, you know, starting a business or starting a podcast or doing certain things. And we have this idea in our head of like, oh, this is how I want it. This is how I would love for it to like, look like. Mm-hmm and then you know two or three four or five years down the road it might maybe is it maybe it's the same maybe it's not like how in your now that you're doing these things and things are rolling is that idea of evolve the same when you started or has it evolved yes <laughs> the pun intended,
1: pun. i guess <laughs> i love that yeah. Uh, yeah it's changed for sure okay for yeah. sure yeah yeah oh yeah absolutely um I would say that I'm a guy who does things to 80% and then just releases it. I I, I don't go to full mm. like perfection. It would take way too long. And uh there's this book that I read, and I very rarely read books. Uh rarely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not one of those guys. Like, oh, I read all the time. I yeah. don't. Um, it was it's called The Lean Startup. Yeah, by mm-hmm. Peter Thiel uh Thiel. And there's this Uh, Lean Startup Cycle. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not. Essentially it's a circle. It's a circle about implementation of an idea. So you got an idea, and then you implement it, you analyze, so you you think of it, and then you send it out, and then you determine what the results are, and you gather that data, and then you change it, and then you re-implement it, and you go on again, and again, and again, and you keep going over and over and over again. Uh, and you, it's essentially it's a test-retest method where if you have an idea, you send it out, analyze the data that comes back, change it, and then do it again. And in this book, it said the best companies or the fastest growing companies went through the cycle as fast as possible. All right. so with the gym, it wasn't perfect right at the beginning, absolutely not. It was geared towards a different population than it is now. Um, but I used it as a testing ground, always. From a marketing standpoint, okay, let's try and do, uh, for example, I was doing um, membership pushes pushes, and to say, okay, let's try and offer maybe one free month or let's try to offer a box of protein bars, right? And we're analyzing to see which one worked and what didn't and we figured out that offering items didn't work. So we tried to do something else. So it's always, we're always testing um, and all that testing has changed the model drastically. Um, for better, right? We're not very stuck in the ways. And if I push to, you know, 100% perfection, I, I think that's the, maybe the reason many people don't start. Mm. It's because they're waiting for it to be perfect. But I think you just make it good enough that it reduces the risk enough that you're comfortable and then just go and do it. So do you take something that works and you say, okay, okay,
2: we tried A, B, C, and C, is working well mm-hmm. and do you just keep with do you just stick with that and say okay cool we have this it's working let's roll with it for a period of time and then okay on to the next thing of, of the of the business or on to the next thing or how, how does that work because you, you do you know do you know yeah. what I mean yeah so, I do Yeah, yeah
1: if you find something that works obviously you keep going but you try to squeeze it as much as possible so say for example we see an ad that's working really well but we can say, okay, well, let's try and squeeze it more. And maybe let's uh, change some of the wording around, or maybe let's uh, change the picture around, or um, up an approach to selling to get more trainers. What's the best thing that has worked? Um, so we always see what's working, but we always try and squeeze as much as possible. So we maybe add a little thing here, or take it a little way, uh, because nothing is gonna work all the time. And if you have something that's working right now, Obviously, don't change it too much because that's what's actually working. But is it working as effectively as possible? Mm. And now it's time to test it. Mm. Yeah. Or if it's working really good and you can kind of set this aside, and like, hey, this is working pretty good, let's try something else mm-hmm. and make and make that going, right? right. You know, so you're trying to as many times as possible, either tweaking what is working right now or making it a little better or it is working good and then focus on something else. But it all has to intertwine and mingle. Yeah, I like that. Yeah.
3: I like that.
4: Nice. That's
0: very unique. I, I want to... Pick your brain, John, about the, uh, you know, if we look at the personal training industry, um, I think it's really unique how you and me are both in uh, this, uh, we're in this space and from what I see and I'm sure from what you've heard, it's common for people to share that, you know, a good life fitness trainer is ready to go on their own when they feel like they have clients that can follow them. Mm-hmm. And where's the best place they can follow them to? Evolve, right? Like right. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's mentioned a lot, right? And I'll, I'll, I'll share that and voice it out. I've seen that happen, right? I just want to know from from your perspective, being within Evolve and being in the inside, you know, for starters, what are some things you'd want to say to our audience where it's like, all right, if you're a personal trainer, here's when you are ready. Like, like he, he, here's where we do have and seen like it worked really well. Maybe it's like, hey, you got your certification, you're ready. Like, come on in. Like, what are you afraid of? Like, come check us out Mm -hmm. because here's what we offer, Mm -hmm. right? Like, here's the support we give trainers. Um, But just again, from what I hear, and I know it's biased from the outside in, is a lot of trainers feel more supported when they go to a commercial gym uh, or when they go to um, some level of mentorship or support from other Mm -hmm. trainers. Mm -hmm. Do that first before they essentially become a solopreneur Mm -hmm. and they start, you know, going into a space Mm -hmm. like Evolve and they're like, all right, I'm going to. You know, this gym, such as Evolve Downtown, is they have the equipment. I, I pay my, uh, you know, monthly dues to them, but now I could charge anything to anyone. Yep. But um, where would you say someone is ready? Let's start with that first. To come in as a personal trainer and feel successful mm-hmm. um, at, at an Evolve location.
1: Sure. Um, it's kind of the same across any profession. Yeah. And you said, like, oh, you can go to a commercial gym because uh, you're supported. Yeah. I would say you're ready. Um, the light bulb always turns on is you're supported until you're not. So with personal training specifically, and this goes with massage and et cetera, et cetera, they'll start and give you clients, and then you have these clients. And at World Health, I know it was indirect versus direct. Uh, I don't know if you, the language you use is similar. So if nope. you sell a client, if the gym sells a client and gives it to the trainer, then that is an indirect sale, right? Fair. And then if you, the trainer sell. A client that is direct sale. If you're direct, is like ninety percent, which oh. after a certain period of time, like maybe a year and a half, it usually is because you're just renewing and you're getting people through referral. And just to confirm, ninety percent is how much of like the earnings they would get out of that? The amount, or? the amount of
0: clients. Oh, okay, ninety percent of the clients. Is yeah, from exactly. That. Yeah. So That's if you got fair. ten
1: clients fair. and um, you know, been working at Good Life or your massage therapist, you're working wherever, and it's like, oh, all my business is repeat business or referrals through my own network, then you're running your business anyway, right? So gotcha. yeah, at the beginning, especially in personal training, you'll be hand-fed clients quickly for maybe for the first six months, and then it's gonna dwindle because the gym is gonna focus on someone else, sure. as well as you already have enough clientele to support you. And if you're good and you're referring, uh, you're reselling those clients, and then you're getting more clientele from your base or you're, you're getting it by yourself, if the return that you are giving the gym in the percentage that you're giving away is less than what you're receiving, it's time to go. It's a good point. Yeah, essentially because it looks at ROI. People think that paying the money to evolve, oh, that's scary, right? But if you're giving two-thirds of your check away, it's the same thing unless you're not giving them, you're not being paid 100% and giving them 66%, you know, the gym is giving you 33%, but it's still the same thing.
0: That's that light bulb moment. Yeah. Right? When that, and that's a very, very awesome and honest and fair way of looking at it. To be like, all right, well, with however much you have and whoever's willing to renew with you, all right, we'll do the math.
1: Right? Exactly. Take
0: however much you make compared to how much the gym is making and then see, is it less or more yep. than how much you would pay totally. somewhere that evolved. Now, I don't know if you, comfortable sharing this what does that number look like is that something you're willing to share now or yeah like what would that be monthly
1: for a trainer 500 bucks there you go so and and the crazy thing is if you're doing 100 sessions as a trainer and you're charging 70 bucks we'll call it seven good average right yeah seven grand of business right uh in a month how much do you keep at a commercial gym probably like oh man Two to geez. give you an idea,
4: well, we would keep
0: 70% of that roughly.
1: Exactly. The rough idea. Right? Yeah. So what's that in dollar value? Um, Got to do math right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Hey, dollar value, what that comes down to, seven, like to give you a typical four, idea? $4,900. 4, bucks. Right. So you're giving away 4900 bucks, <laughs> and at Evolve, you would give away 500 bucks. Listen if I end up jobless man I'm calling you
4: and I
2: but like, you got to give me a job now
4: Josh. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah but here's the thing That's though. That's fair it's though. Di- I appreciate you hearing it's, that. It's different because at, at Evolve it like it's it you are essentially running your own business at the same time having the the support of Evolve, mm-hmm. right? But with Good Life you're essentially being groomed into a program, right? Like you are still you are still a personal trainer. But because of the the environment that you're in, it's a different system. It is right. So yeah, some people I would I would argue some people would thrive under the good life system mm-hmm. because they might not be able to be as hunters. Like they might not be able to go after it and get those clients. Like you said, they might not be as. I would argue that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yep. that's a and it's nice to the healthy debate, right? It's it's good yeah. to get your outside in perspective because.
2: I could be wrong. I, I I'm do not in the personal training space. But you're totally.
0: groomed is a good way of looking at it. And that's why I was curious to know like what that grooming per se looks like at Evolved, because at the good life, you know, you get the here's how to actually sell. Here's how to here's here scripts that you could utilize on top mm-hmm. of your personality to totally. actually approach someone. Mm-hmm. Here's how to do a consultation. Here's you know, here's how to build up an effective program. So like that for that beginner mm-hmm. personal trainer, yeah, I'd personally say it does make sense for them to go out in good life. But then when John put it in a good way, it's like, okay, well, once you're ready to do the math, start recognizing, you know, which end of the spectrum you're going to have the most losses and then see for yourself if you, the confidence is now there. Totally. For you to go on your own and take what you've learned per se.
1: Yeah. So to touch on, on your comment, um, shit, what was it again? <laughs> well, I, I said it might be, it
2: might, be, so I, I'm arguing that, Maybe some people are suited for the good life system. And I don't know about good life, but just yeah, like that a, a makes sense. commercial yeah, that makes gym. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Um, if you are at good life for two years or more, um, you're suited for personal training. doesn't matter a good life or the other, right? Um, because after a certain period of time, good life is going to view it and say, okay, we've given you 10 clients and you have trained them. But none of them have renewed will I give you more clients right good life looks at a risk benefit if I give it to a better person who can renew and keep that client then I'll give it to them right so as a trainer if you can't renew you just are you can't renew right so you're not good at providing a quality product to the clients right so I would say Good Life or Evolve, we don't differ from that, right? You're going to suffer at Good Life. The same reasons you'll suffer at Good Life, the same reason you'll suffer at Evolve, right? Uh, I, I see no difference in regards to that. The, um, what'll happen at Good Life or any commercial gym, and this is for any profession in general, right? Uh, as an employee, right? If you notice that you're doing more for yourself than what the gym is doing for you, you're your own business anyway. Yeah. Right? There, yeah, there's going to be a point where like, yeah, Good Life doesn't need to hand me any clients because I'm doing it myself. Perfect. Awesome. Then you're ready. Right? And then people are like, wait, well, what do you mean? And it was like, well, when was the last time Good Life gave you a client? It was like, well, I don't need to because I'm full. Then you're doing it all yourself. Yeah. So, so yeah, then yeah, yeah. what do you need Good Life for? I, like, I guess I don't. Or wherever, right? A massage therapist or a chiropractor. Yeah. Um, if you're working as an employee... And you're generating all the business yourself. You're ready to go on your on your own. That's yeah. it. Central. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm yeah.
0: glad you shared that because renewals is a huge um, conversation we have at Good Life, and uh, it's it's something where you are going to be able to generate um, more food on the table and 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 more value to your clients when they continuously want to keep seeing you. Totally right, and I, I'm sure it's a huge. Uh, it's a strong basis of figuring out your worth when you see that the people who you're already helping want to continue to be helped by you. Absolutely. And, and let's be honest, I know uh, Kevin Darby mentions this and I'll never forget it. He was the first certification I did under DTS. Mm. Um, that's Darby Training Systems. And he was just like, listen, tell your client this, no matter what package you give them, no matter how long you work with them, tell them that if you work with me for 10 years, I want to be able to create 20 more years of pain-free movement in your life. Right, let's double down on the investment. But what he was really saying is, listen, you're not gonna be with me permanently, but I'm not gonna be able to turn you into what you wanna turn into in a year. Mm-hmm. We'll get your goal, but then there's more we can do. Totally. There's there's other goals on top of that. So I wanted to know your advice, John, on like how can a trainer improve their skills on renewing a client? And this is now picking your brain as a personal trainer. But mm. like you've been through it and you know you've most likely had many of those conversations. I know I do with my clients as well where, mm-hmm they'll achieve their goal but for me personally i'll add to that is i I create a new goal for them Mm -hmm. right or they themselves have reached this new peak of confidence where they'll say like oh kenny like i am kind of interested in doing a half marathon i'm like all right well guess what your new program is going to be about right we're going to get we're going to make sure we physically make sure you're ready for that and mentally totally but um what are some strategies you have where if we want to think broad right even in like any business or more so for personal training because we're on the topic of health what strategies have you used to create more buy-in for that same person to say, all right, John, let's do another year?
1: Yeah, it's easy. And we can touch on like from a videography standpoint. If you can solve someone's problem, they'll buy. That's it, yeah. right? Whatever problem they have, if you can solve it, they will give you money for, right? So if it's from a health side, lower back pain or whatever it is, right? Or you're creating a new goal, um, you're solving someone's problem or providing them with enough value that they see that there is worth. So, from a dollar perspective, if you're being paid, so if I'm the client paying seventy bucks, am I giving seventy bucks or more in value? If I am, then it's a worthwhile investment, right? And then if, and on top of that, I'm going to look at it from a um, problem-solving perspective, right? So, if I have an issue and it to me is worth more than seventy dollars worth solving, then I'm willing to pay for that money, right? Um, value is a big thing that if you're paying something for anything, if I'm buying, I don't know, um, a rice cooker, right? I want to be able to make sure that whatever the dollar value is, I'm seeing more return. And that could be through longevity, right? That I have this rice cooker for the rest of my life. So it's worthwhile, right? And then even from like a videography standpoint, right? So how do you keep your clients, right? You always solve problems for them or you provide them more value than what they initially paid for, right? Um, and that also boils down to knowing when you're ready, right? So uh, that'll also be a big one. So if you're an employee, at a, at, you know, a, a photographer, and everybody's asking for you, you're an employer. But say, hey, man, that guy was just amazing. A, a photography at you know, weddings and all that stuff. I want him. He's generating his own business. He's solving people's problems, right? Because for the value that he's providing, he's providing more than what people are paying for. And then people are seeking out him. Then he realizes, I am generating all the business myself i don't really need the business i'm a part of because i have it all but yeah solving people's problems is a big one yeah for sure
0: and and it's Um, funny you mentioned that because that reminds me so much of like having a personality and no matter what you do right like when people go no, no no i don't just want a trainer i want that guy you know, that guy that's telling his client, one more rep, one more rep. He's like, I love that guy. He's totally. like, I don't want this other person you're speaking of, right? But then I think this is a funny thing. You'll get another person that goes, okay, is this that one more rep guy? Because that person scares the shit out of me. You know? like, and I always, one of my favorite questions asked when I'm gaining a new client for the team is like, hey, like, what do you look for in a trainer? And it's so funny because what I'm asking, I don't think they're really getting. Right? It's, it's the typical response. I'm just looking for someone to motivate me, you know? Mm-hmm. Looking for someone who like, <laughs> knows what they're doing, you know, like educated. And I'm like, all right, so motivations. How do you like to get motivated? Like I'll, I'll go deep in it. Like, look for some motivations. How do you get motivated? Tell me a time where like you had a friend. Or you had anyone in your life that like motivated you? What did that look and feel like? Mm -hmm. Then they're like, oh, right? They got all excited, right? (laughs) I put them on a podcast. I'm like, all right, let's do this, right? But that's where the juice is. Because for me personally, I want to make it crystal clear. Because I know we're in the industry where all it takes is maybe one thing to happen once or twice more. And now they're kind of like not as engaged. They're not showing up. And I'm like, what's going on? Why are you not showing up? I'm like, Kenny, thank you for calling me. so and so's like, they're not motivating me. I'm like, okay, fair. We talked about it. Mm -hmm. So either I didn't do my job and I didn't make it as clear as day to that trainer to be like, you got to make sure you show up in this fashion. And you out of all of other trainers, I believed you could. So are we going to be able to do it or do we have to find someone else for this person? Totally. You know, and that's always a shitty conversation to have. Mm -hmm. Right. Because for me as fitness manager, I play matchmaker. Totally. Right. I'm I'm like I'm literally like a real life tinder. I'm like, Wait, here's this person who's gonna be the trader they're with. And I, I love that, but I oh, yeah. do see, and we talked about this yeah. even yesterday on the other episode we did, where it's like you have to make sure you're making the right match, you know, and um I feel like where I can put a spin off this is what does that look like for you when you do recognize that you could have any physio, any Cairo, you know, locally they might have a good reputation and everything checks off the boxes, but you know, what what are some important things you look for to make sure that it fits your brand and it fits your values?
1: hmm So what what I look for is someone who is very motivated in caring for their patient. And has a good head on their shoulders in regards to business, right? I want someone who's hungry uh, to be able to do what they want to do, and they can achieve it. And I think everyone can achieve it, but they're very clear on what they want. So, for example, from a physio standpoint, I want someone who wants to take the time and spend the time with the client to make sure they're actually better. Right? This whole so physio world—the interesting physio—like gets a bad rap. I know, and rightfully so for certain things. Because it? it? I don't know. Yeah. The, so um. the model, they, there's, there's a couple models. I, I would say there's two models. I'm not a physiotherapist. Maybe there could be more, right? But in my head, there are two. There is modality and there's exercise. So modality would be, I'm going to hook you up to a uh, uh, stim machine or ultrasound and sit here in 15 minutes and I'm going to go to another patient. It's kind of like a revolving door. Ah, I see. Right? So people are like, well, I got injured. I want to go to physio and uh, I hope I get better. But they're just gonna hook you up and see you fifteen minutes, and there you go. And say, like, okay, we should see you twelve times, right? On the flip side, there is a physio who says, you know what? I want to scrap that model. I want to work with you one on one for forty-five minutes, and get you better. And in my eyes, physio is weight training with little weights, right? And that's all it is, right? Yeah. If you hurt a muscle, that means that the muscle was overloaded, um, or the muscle was weak. And to fix that, you just got to get the muscle strong, right? There could be other issues around the body that we don't need to get into. But ultimately, if you, if you tore a quad or you tweaked a quad, that means the quad wasn't strong enough for the load that was given to it. So you just need to strengthen it. And it's very simple. So the physio says, you know what? I can make you better in X amount of time. And then you're good to go. I believe that, and you can see it, referrals are generated from there. I went to physio, it wasn't those ones that I just got hooked up, sat in the thing for 15 minutes, this guy worked with me. It was harder, it was exercise, almost kind of felt like personal training, but I'm better, and I don't have any issues anymore. So the person who takes the time to care for their patient is the one that we're looking for. And the interesting thing is the physio, or the massage therapists, or the chiros that we get are the ones who maybe don't agree with where their current place of business is doing, and they want to branch out and say, you know, I can do this better. Mm. I've seen it better, I can get my patients better, and I just want to do it on my own. And I have the business because I'm providing an excellent product, providing huge value, and the clients will follow me. And, and the funny thing uh, with personal training too, like how do you know when you're ready? And, and you know this, everyone knows this, right? The client builds a relationship with the service provider, right? It doesn't build it with the building. Big time. All right? That's so a client so builds cool. a relationship with the personal trainer. So the personal trainer leaves like, well, no, man. I just spent like 40 hours with you. Yeah. All right? And somebody idea with a videographer, right? I just like you, man. You're sweet, yeah. right? Uh, you, know, you work with me. You ask me what, what, what I want. You help review with me. Like, I like you. I want to support you. Yeah. That's when you know. That's I
0: love that you said that because it really made me believe in for me and I'm not too sure how it looks like on on your end but again it kind of goes back to do you focus all your time and energy on both of the vendors the trainers you know the, the 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 members coming in or just one of them and I realized that John where I was like you know what to your point if I put all of my energy into making the trainers happy. They're going to make their clients happy regardless. Mm-hmm. So clients are showing up for them. Their clients were so selective in who they wanted, who's going to motivate them, and how they're going to do it. That, yes, I'll be honest, I know I wish I could spend more time with the clients. But, I mean, they're showing up for their own goals and the trainer that's helping them get there. Mm-hmm. But if I'm just there for the trainers and I fill their cup, they'll fill everybody else's. Mm-hmm. You know? So, man. It's a never-ending world.
2: <laughs> There's so many loopholes to it, right? I mean, yeah, this is very s- similar. Again, service providing, right? It like is. Like it's it's very similar off all not all, but a lot of service in you know pro- providers really.
0: Well, a good friend of mine told me that you gotta make sure you make time for customer service.
4: Yeah, yes, that's it. it's yeah,
2: all you know. coming back to me <laughs> now, right? Our, our episode yesterday, we we're talking about customer service and and a lot of people thinking that the, it, it, business owners or entrepreneurs or people that wanna be uh, running their own thing. Yeah. And um, I was talking about, uh, I'll bring this up because I wanna bring it up. Please, please. Um, uh, there's a guy named Chris Doe. He runs his own agency in, in, in California. He does a lot of classes and he teaches graphic designers how they can come up and, and build their own agency or build their own business. Mm. And so in this, in this YouTube video, it was like a, a session that he had with, with his students and he asked them how how much time do you spend on customer service mm. and the guy and some of the students were like well yeah like i spend probably like yeah, i don't know like a couple like a couple hours a day on my email and he's like no 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 that's not customer service and yeah i'm asking you again how often do you spend time on customer service well he's, what do you mean what is customer service and it's and it boils down to relationship building right mm-hmm figuring out what 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 the person across from you needs from a problem solving perspective and not only that taking care of them you know sending them cards when you know sending them you know nice gestures and like you know and building that relationship from a relationship standpoint mm-hmm. not a transactional hey I'm here for your me to service you to totally build this logo and here you go thank you very much yeah on to the next how how much time do you spend there and all of them said probably less than like one percent. Of course, right? <laughs> and so he was arguing the point of focusing on that more so versus you know trying to do other things like how, how many how much time do I spend prospecting and so there there was that argument there. So interesting. I had to bring that up. Yeah, it's unique.
1: Oh yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If you can make someone happy, solve their problems, that's how you keep business. Yeah, and that's how you get business too. Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I mean, this is the thing that I find is so culturally unique about that. Like for me, I, there's this concept um, in the Punjabi community called Seva. And Seva means selfless service. Mm. So it's like, do something for someone, not for any sort of selfish gain. Do something because, you know, it's just going to, it's going to make their life better today. Totally. And, you know, we, just, we do that through, um, you know, in the Gurdwara, in the temple, we, we just, you know, you, you do Seva through a giving uh, langar. So langar means open kitchen. Like you just open kitchen, you go in the back, there's no workers, there's no like, hey, who has this shift today? It's like, yo, like if if there ain't anyone cooking in that kitchen, you got to go in, you can start making some rotis and start feeding people, right? (laughs) People came here to eat, let's go, right? But like, not once ever growing up as a kid going to the uh, Gurdwara, I've ever seen that kitchen empty. Cause there's that element of okay, let's go, let's provide for the community, let's feed everyone. You know, you walk into a Punjabi household and then like many other households, like oh, what can you, what would you like to eat, what would you like to drink, right? Oh, like yeah. you know, let's let's provide that. But out of no, like oh, I gave this to you, so what's in it for me now? Totally. Um, but I find that through the act of now service and business, you can almost smell that on someone if it's actually genuine or not. Mm. And I find that you can't. Like when it's so funny, right? Like even as we have this conversation with you and people are like, well, how'd you become successful? Like, how'd you set up the gym? It's like, well, you know what? I, you've made good points, John. You're like, well, look at the risk. And obviously we can tell too, you're genuine. And when someone's genuine, works hard and looks at the risk, that's a formula for success. Mm-hmm. But I'm a firm believer in recognizing that someone's values and how they were brought up and what they now, and what I mean by how they were brought up is like what they've seen and the things they change or unchanged by it is like- totally. Man, you can't you can't like teach in my opinion genuineness. Like that just needs to be innately there. That person can look in the mirror one day and be like, "Okay, I just got to be a better person." That that can that that switch can flip, but you can't teach it. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if you agree or disagree or like um, if I could put this in a question like what are some things for you growing up cuz you're a first generation Canadian as well? Mm-hmm. Like was there anything you noticed that like your parents instilled in you values-wise where you're like, "Holy shit, like" I put this in the Evolve every day. Thanks, mom and dad. Like, <laughs> kind of catches you off guard, right?
1: Yeah, I would just say work ethic. I'm just working. it's just always working. Um, saw that for sure. Well, around, around the, the, the store, right? Like, my dad would work, switch, my mom would work. So, always just working, 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 working. But I want to touch on that on, on genuineness. Because one of the big things that people have fear is sales. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I can't. I can't go into the business because I don't know how to sell. Mm. And I love talking to people about this. Um, do you guys? Are, are you guys have experience in sales?
0: Oh man. yeah, all my life. I've been yeah. selling since I was fourteen
4: years old.
1: Yeah, so that's seller. good. That's good. A lot of people say no, or they may say yes, and I say well, then I'll ask the question: Do you guys like selling? Do you like it?
0: I love it. I it it's yeah. such a kick out of it. When totally. Says, yeah. Yes. We're yeah. Sign here. Let's and go. People are
1: like, oh friend, I hate sales. And then oh, they say like oh I don't I don't have experience in sales and I say that's bullshit. Everyone has experience in sales because all sales is it's just telling your opinion. So if you think that orders suck and I think that they don't or they do, uh, don't um, I'm selling my opinion that they they don't, they don't suck. Right or if you're like hey you should buy BMW. No I'll stick with the Hyundai. Right you're trying to sell that opinion. Right so every conversation you have probably ever had is about sales. Right, if you're talking, hey, I, I, I want to have steak tonight versus chicken, and
0: yeah, it's like, right. hey, bro, have one more drink. What the hell? Why not it's exactly? Like, you know, yeah, you that's don't have to sales. go home
1: till one, you have eight hours of sleep, have one <laughs> yes, more drink. <laughs> exactly, and that's sales, and people are like, oh, wait a minute, I guess it is. Right, that's in my opinion, that's how you should sell. It just feels like a conversation because that's what sales is. Right, everyone kind of thinks of this greasy car salesman kind of tactic, and sure, it could work high pressures, but you know, at the end of the day, it never lasts very long. Right, if you could think of that sales as just having a conversation. Then it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Yeah, so much easier. You yeah. don't, you're not like, oh crap, anxious about it. And maybe you could be, right? But at the end of the day, every conversation you probably will have in your life is a sales component because if you're trying to talk about your opinion or sell your opinion or sell some advice to whatever, for whatever, uh, that's sales. So you should just okay. adopt that. And so true. Yeah. yeah. Um, this chat right now is me t- selling you the perspective of selling is not scary, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It's pretty yeah. simple when you break it down, you think, wait a minute, that's how I want people to sell, because it's the most genuine, it's simplest, and it's easiest, right? And when people are transparent, when they're talking to each other, uh, even though it, it is a transaction, I'm trying to get your money, but if you're like, yeah, like, this is what it is, you present it like a conversation, it's easy to digest. It,
2: that's the thing.
1: I all mean. right, Kenny, sell me this pen.
4: <laughs>
0: you, know, <laughs> I, you know I will, man. Let's go. <laughs> totally.
2: You know it just, just rolls off the paper. So have, you, have, you, have you guys seen that video of, of uh, I think it's Pierce Morgan. He's, he says, okay, uh, he talks to the Wolf of Wall Street guy, Jordan, whatever his name is. But he's like, all right, sell me this pen. And then he starts, instead of selling the pen where, you know, initially, oh, this pen has this feature and that feature. He goes, um. Uh, he starts asking Pierce questions. What kind of what kind of pens do you use on a day to day? What could it, you know? And he starts getting deeper, and it's completely different. Like you said, it's a conversation, mm-hmm. and he's having a conversation. And he gets to like it, it's very. It's a very good video, and whoever whoever whoever's listening to this should watch that clip because what you just said is that. Clip in like a minute. Mm -hmm. It's like, sell me this pen, okay? What do you, you know, and then it's very, very good. Well, I mean, I love that you mentioned that because I'm
0: pretty sure I'm accurately thinking of the same one where they focus so much on the benefits of what the pen's going to do for you. Mm -hmm. Right? It's like, man, you know what this pen's going to do for you? It's going to help you remember a lot of things you're going to forget. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, what are you going to do when, you know, your mom tells you to go grab groceries? And on top of that, your girlfriend's telling you to go pick her up at 430 How are you going to remember all that? (laughs) You're going to write it down right so now you, now you have a pen to do it right so like it's like yeah, yeah. you start looking at the benefits and a lot of people think like oh like you know the new airpods oh they've got the 1600 hega hots uh, the, you know whatever they start mentioning <laughs> whatever like yeah. uh, features there are it's yeah. like oh it has this feature that feature it's like no what's gonna benefit what yeah. benefits are you gonna get out of the yeah, product yeah, yeah.
1: yeah i would you know. flip it to say like with that pen right what problems will it solve Right? If you can solve a problem
2: that that person
1: has, then then they see value in that product, right? This
2: episode is brought to you by Park Power, your friendly local utilities provider in Alberta, offering internet, electricity, and natural gas with low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities. Shop local. In Alberta, you get to choose who to buy your internet, electricity, and natural gas from. If you choose Park Power, You are choosing a positive local business plus park power shares its profits with local not-for-profits that are working to make a difference for their communities shopping local is very important to park powers owner chris kozowski and we love local here at the alberta podcast network so it's just a great fit Learn more at parkpower.ca. You know what pisses me off, though? Because I got this a lot. You know, token
0: sales guy, right? Since I was 14 years old. Fuck, I sold, man. Like, you name it. Shoes, homes, cars, right? Like, personal training, hospitality industry. I was everywhere, man. Videography. Videography, right? It was ridiculous. So, for me, I did always grind my gears. Now I don't really care because I'm like, it's my personality. People are like... Do you, are you a salesperson or something? And I'm like, and this would be like while I'm at the bar. And I'm like, yeah, like what what would give that off? And they're like, you're just such a sales guy. But like <laughs> I, I think it might've came with the notion of, oh, like, you know, like when someone's outspoken or when someone is like, you made a good point convincing someone that later the other person should say yes. Cause mm-hmm. I'd be like, oh, like I'd give my opinion on something, but it was very really strong. Right. It came totally. from like a place of passion. So, I find to add to your point, if you are gonna go into anything and it involves sales, because everything does, just sell what you like, because you're gonna have an opinion on the things you like. Totally. You know? Absolutely. And you're gonna have like an opinion that people are gonna be worth, like saying yes to.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right? If 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 it's valuable and in the information that you're providing, like say computers for example, right? If you know computers, there's immediate trust right there, right? So <clears throat> yeah, if you can sell what you know, but you can make it a conversation and try to fix that person's problem then it's easy peasy yeah yeah but like a good salesperson is someone who can sell anything to anyone because they don't need to know the product uh in and out they just need to know it can solve your problem Mm -hmm. right that's it right so if you can identify the problem and the product can solve that problem you you don't need to know the gigahertz of that right Mm -hmm. like even with, uh, with airpods i don't have an apple phone i don't have wireless headphones but I could probably sell someone to something or sell those to someone if they, if I can find the problem that, oh crap, like I need my hands free. Okay, well then you should get those. And you sell the problem. There you go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't yeah, need yeah. to tell you how much they are or what they do or yeah. the sound levels. If it solves your problem that you need your hands free, then there you go. Yeah. That's so true. And then um, everything
0: else just becomes a bonus after that. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Man, that's cool.
1: I love
2: that. I want, I want to ask a question. Please, please. Because <laughs> this was on my mind for a little bit. Um, so, so John, now that like, you know, again, you know, with, with evolve and, and things obviously as the years go on, things have trans, transform and whatnot, mm-hmm. but how has your position as an entrepreneur evo- evolved <laughs> over the years? And, you know, cause obviously you said you're, you're kind of operational, you're, you're, you're operating and you're kind of directing that, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously, as an entrepreneur, you wear multiple hats. You wear the sales hat. You wear the marketing hat. You know, you said you had a camera, and you you know you were playing around with that. And oh yeah, you know, you um, photos and stuff? yeah. So it, it, like now, or mm-hmm. maybe you could talk about before. You know, what was like as Evolve was coming up. You know, what were what were kind of your major focuses on the business. But then as, as you've been going, how has that changed as you went along? Or if it has changed, or mm. if it maybe has stayed the same? That's oh yeah. It's,
1: yeah, it's changed a lot. Yeah. So initially, yeah, when the gym opened, I was the receptionist, I was the cleaner, I was the guy who fixed the equipment, I was everything, right? And then as time grew, and I saw the opportunity to expand, or to make it larger, um, you know, there's only so much time you have, right? So you have to then hire the people who... Um, you think would be really good to fill your shoes, right? So you, you always hear that um, phrase, work yourself out of a position, work yourself out of a job, right? And that's what you want to do. You want to climb out of the position that you're at so you can provide more value to work on something else, right? And that's the whole kind of thought. So <clears throat> I had to, you know, get really good people with me. And I have an amazing guy, Mike, who um, handles all the stuff that I previously used to, as well as way more, Right. So he's definitely more operational in ensuring that things are, are happening how they are and providing assistance and support. So as the business gets larger, my position essentially goes higher from an um, overview and oversight standpoint to make sure that things are still working, that I have really good teams underneath me that will then work on the stuff that... Um, is needed much needed but i just don't have the time for right so if you look at it from a return on investment standpoint i can for sure work at the reception but is that the best for the company um, where my skill set could be better right right? and my customer service skills are great but there are people that are better than me for sure yeah and i will use my skill set of you know making sure things are operating well from a larger standpoint and then focusing on expansion and you know gr- growing it as much as humanly possible because that i think is the best benefit where i see it uh, that i can provide to the company and the people who have invested into the company and the people who work for the company
2: yeah so do you spend a lot of time then on the you know the long-term growth and looking at that and 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 you know having a strategy going into 2022 and and all that is that kind of like the the the, the focus and i know you said your business partner does does some of that as mm-hmm. well um and or, or is there a balance between kind of the day to day and then, you know, you have your days where it's just st- strictly working off the business and kind of looking at the what's the next play here? Totally involved, oh, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah, working on the business. And I use that phrase like working on the business versus in the business. Mm-hmm. Right? So, working in the business for anything, right, is doing the tasks that the business requires to do. So, you we use uh, the gym as an example, right? So, working receptions, working in the business, cleaning the toilets, working in the business, repairing the equipment, working in the business. Working on the business is ensuring, you know, right now it's growth, focusing on the strategic areas that will be needed for growth, working on it, right? It's not. Things that are going to be fruitful today it's things that will be fruitful you know, in months and years, right, building those relationships. Uh, Ray does that phenomenally. Um, my side, it would be making sure that we have the support ready in four or five months, right, to make sure that we have all that uh, strategically down, right? So right now we're launching a new location, in Seton, Calgary, right, and Mike's been phenomenal working with uh, the partner in that location. I'm providing assistance as well and we're working kind of in the business at that point, but I'm also taking a step back and saying, okay, what do we need in four months, right? Or what can we take from the deployment of our pre-sale strategy here and move it over into our new location, say for example, Royal Oak or in Vancouver. So I'm seeing what needs to be taken from here, documenting it in video form or, or whatever, or analyzing what needs to be done. What's the ROI on the stuff that we did for here? analyzing that test we test get that data throw it in here for future usage you, you know what's interesting
2: sorry Kenny, i just want to bring this up no, it, no, it, it's big. it's funny because when, when you're talking it gets me excited because mm-hmm. of, of 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 you know because you're you're basically like moving you know chess pieces around and and, and making things happen from a from a orchestrator standpoint right mm-hmm. you're the one kind of you and your partner are kind of leading that way you know when we talk to christina and Co mm-hmm. she was talking about how as she franchised out she obviously you know being in that hierarchy of you know being the trendsetter and kind of moving the business forward and growing mm-hmm. she at a certain point had lost some of the passion with kind of doing kind of the more hierarchy like bigger management mm-hmm. and and you know she was finding herself kind of drowned in, that position of you know helping her franchisees and kind of the managerial you know being the boss being the person that's running things where when she had started it was that downtown location being yep being the receptionist cleaning the floors, making the sandwiches, making the food and now she's kind of come back to that where she is you know a little bit you know she's still in doing her thing kind of on a day to day in in the business, mm-hmm. you know, making the sandwiches, talking to the customers, you know, coming in, cleaning the floors, you know, having that still that kind of grassroots feel where she, when she started, but also still kind of still moving the business forward. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to know from your standpoint is, do you ever get back into, you know, you know, do you have those days where you're like, man, I just want to, I just want to get back on the ground floor and just, you know, you know, you know, talk to the customers that are in, 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 in the gym, you know, you know, do you ever have those moments or are you, you know, you're like, you know, you're, you're fully in, you know, you're full on in, in, into the, into the, the hierarchy and you're, you're, you're looking more forward. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. I do. is there a balance there? Or is there more like, you know, you're looking forward to the change and you kind of adapt to the, the position that you're in?
1: I, so I have an office at the gym, share with my wife. And I go in about twice a week, sometimes three times a week. And the rest I can work from home. If I purely work from home, I could understand that, right? You're just working essentially behind a desk, kind of moving pieces, right? And I could see you getting a little like, ah, oh, you know, mm. kind of forget what it was, right? Yeah. So I like going into the gym because I want to chat with people. I like chatting with the trainers. I like seeing people's success stories. I like working out of the gym. I have a few pieces of equipment at home, not much, but it gets me... I can't do squats, so I got to go to the gym to squat. <laughs> yeah. but, but, I, but I like that, right? I like being able to chat with the trainers too. And just, you know, yes, feeling it out. And um, it's very nice still being there, uh, chatting with the, the receptionist as well, seeing how they're doing. But I know that I have to tread lightly in regards to uh, chain of command, right? So me being the person who, I guess you could call it at the top, Feels weird when I always say that because I just feel like we're all equal, right? Um, I know that I have, you know, managers in place and or Mike in place, right? Um, to ensure that I don't need to do that stuff. So you have to be very careful and cognizant of you can't you can't you know break the chain and skip the people who you put in place to do the work and you appreciate doing the work, right? So um, yeah, I love going in there chatting with everyone, but yeah, it's it's good getting both sides, but I can understand if you're only in one. It kind of feels a little weird. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. And wow.
2: What are you thinking of, Kenny? I know you got something brewing <laughs> up in that. You're just sitting
0: there just... I'm just <laughs> dissecting so much good information from what you guys said, because now down to like a weekly basis or daily basis, um, you know, Omen and I deal with this all the time now is, um, you know, for me being like, let's just say mid-level, beginner level manager at a you know, national company for OMBIT now running a crew of, you know, five people under Q Films, like we're constantly having this, let's say, guilty conscience of, okay, should we be spending our time doing more of this or less of that? Mm. Right. Based off of moving the needle forward. And I love that you said working on and in the business, literally words taken out of you yesterday. So it's, it's, it's nice. This is like part two of like (laughs) our our recap episode of the year. It works
4: brilliantly. right? It's, it's, It's
2: interesting because, you know, from, you know, John's operation—it's—it's—it's it's, it's so big. Yes. You know what I mean? Like I run very lean and mean with what what I'm doing, right? You're, you know, obviously with the gym and there's 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 multiple pieces and there's a lot of things going on there. Um, so it's I I just kind of wanted to know from his yeah, perspective, totally. like, you know, how does he still have that? You know, because obviously we start things that we're passionate about. Yeah. But we don't want to lose that as we growing as we expand and get out you know so i was trend. just i wanted to know from your perspective how you kind of balance that and like you said you're at the you're at the office a couple of days a week you're in the gym you still have you know that feeling versus okay now you're in an office a corporate office there's a head office you know you're not in the gym anymore you're not that trainer anymore you're not on the you're not on the ground floor so it was just interesting yeah you know from that perspective yeah so.
1: i will say that to require or to achieve the goals of the company, wherever they may be, there needs to be sacrifices. So, as much as it would suck, right, for anyone to just you know leave the ground floor and work on the higher level stuff, it needs to be required, yeah. right, to achieve the goal that you want to, right. It does. Um, I remember chatting with um, Roger King, um, owner of Supplement King, the guy who started it, right? Mm-hmm. It looked close to, I think almost hundred locations now. Wow. Yeah. So and like, uh, They're big now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like he started um, in good life through a little Subman King there, right? And expanded. And he was telling me, I was talking a couple of years about, about, about this, that he had about five or six locations and in Halifax, I think. And he said, I uh, had to come to the realization that I had to sell them. I can't operate them because if I needed to grow this, I needed to get out. Mm. of the of just purely on time mm. and he said it was difficult right obviously right? He had to sell them and there was a transition period obviously because roger is no longer there at those locations customers have built the relationships with them him it, well he wasn't there anymore but for the success of the company he needed to do it mm. and the, the success of the company is massive
2: yeah right yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. so yeah things just need to happen and it's cool hearing that right, right from a franchise owner, too. Like, there will, will come a time, and I, I bet for me, too, as well, right, sure. that I will have to take on a different position it just because, you know, it's needed Yes. and it's an ROI on time, right? So,
0: so now, I appreciate you mentioning that because especially with everything you guys have all mentioned, I can't help but go back to my contracted role at TELUS when I always kept thinking about how much autonomy I had in the role. To be Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, like you have many different things you could be doing and it's up to you to move whatever needle you want to move forward. Mm -hmm. I remember that's when I started to really feel like within a company where I'm like, okay, like what would an entrepreneur do? But I always, no matter what decision I made, I went back to the four words. And it uh, it was an acronym, it was CSPE. So that stood for Community Strategy Planning and Engagement. Those were four things that we were focusing in on with the marketing team I was a part of. Anytime I made a decision, I'd have to ask myself, okay, is this me putting my community hat on, my strategy hat, my planning, mm. my engagement? For, for for us to talk about at that time pure fiber mm-hmm. in the communities that I was managing. So I want to throw it back on both you guys, you know, and your guys' businesses, what are words that come to mind every day that you think of moving forward? And the second piece of that is what is the percentage of
2: your time spent doing those things?
4: You go first.
1: <laughs>
2: Damn. Um I mean I don't have specific words but I think
1: I, I
2: think a lot of it has to do with running the business day to day so making sure the guys are you know have you know that good attitude and and, and they're feeling good and they're motivated to do the work that they want to do um, you know and making sure I think that like how you do with your with, with what you said with your trainers if your trainers are good th- the clients will be taken care of. Yeah, Big part you know of it's I mean? like a one-on-one yeah, meeting. Yeah, so it's a team. Yeah, the one-on-one meetings, the team, hey, how you doing? How are things? You know, Keeping in check and keeping up to par with what's happening with them will reflect how they go to a shoot and how do they interact with a client and how, how things eventually come in terms of an end result. So um, I don't really have the exact acronym or word but <laughs> like, yeah you know tell us yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah no no yeah, you should exactly. kind of how are you running a successful yeah. profitable business I need, to, I need to get my acronym straight <laughs> yeah. what's your secret <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. he doesn't want to share
4: that's awesome yeah. oh
1: that's good yeah i would say i guess the two things that came to mind when you know it gave me time to think when yeah you <laughs> yeah,
3: <it's laughs> smart.
1: was like yeah strategy and preparation yeah uh preparation in the sense of you may get lost in working in the day-to-day, um, but it's really important to take a step back and look at what has worked and prepare that or develop it for the future, right? Um, that's really important because, yeah, you can be lost in just working day-to-day-to-day and, you, and then you take a step back and you're like, oh, shit, good or bad, what, what happened, Right. Um, so yeah, prepare for the future. Take what you have currently, analyze it, make sure it's good. If you like it, then you know store it for for another day, right? And then strategy for sure. Uh, sh- think of strategic ways to grow and look at the landscape and try to know um, where the things will move, right? Uh, funny thing, people are like, oh, how, how's code for you guys? And I said, oh.
3: It's the best. I
4: love it. It
1: It was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, because it has created the biggest opportunity ever. Right? You have these big box stores closing down and nobody can fill them but gyms. Right? Um, we have, you know, we had four locations and now we signed on five. So we're going up to nine end of twenty twenty-three. That's awesome. And a lot of locations are filling large spaces right and it's from preparation right just looking at it and saying hey wait a minute um there's gonna be big blocks there's a lot of real estate opening up and it never was right mm-hmm. so and it's like what can
0: we capitalize on now exactly yeah what can we be prepared for to do yes so, so
1: in a strategic standpoint you're like hey there's probably something coming down on the pipe in i don't know five months six months eight months right we got to prepare and strategize to make sure that we can execute on an opportunity that comes up literally once in a lifetime it's crazy. Wow. It's something crazy. Like yeah, yeah, there's yeah, never been a change of big box retail shrinking so much. Yeah. Right. And it's not going to stop because, yeah. you know, everyone's seen that online is the way to go for certain products. Sure. They don't need 30,000 square feet. They need 5,000 square feet. So everyone's downsizing. What are landlord's going to do with all this space? Yeah. Right. Wow. From our standpoint, that's strategy. Yeah. We're waiting. We're waiting in the wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: awesome. Love that. No, that's unique to hear, guys. I think uh, it's, it's always it's always nice to hear what happens at that level yeah. and then understanding where the focus should be. Because I'm sure there's a million other fires that get put out along the way. But it's like, all right, well, what's that one thing that will still always be first mm-hmm. before I put out those fires? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, do you have an idea, John, of where you want to take this all? In the future, like, if we chat with you in five years from now again and get you on the second floor and we do a hmm. recap, I'm sure it's not going to take five years on to get you
2: on again. We'd love to have you on, man, anytime. We're going to be at the the latest location. <laughs>
4: Yo, yeah,
0: sure. Exactly. Pod that
2: there. I can't wait for, yeah, man. Yeah. Amazon
0: headquarters be ready. Yeah. And then yes. after, I would go to John and be like, where's uh, Where's the CEO of Amazon? I got to yeah. knock on his
3: door
2: right now. Yeah, exactly. We'll get him on two get hour him on there. The pod, yeah. Two birds yeah. with one stone,
0: man. But, like, yeah, on the real, like, that's huge. Like, that happens. And I know it's so cliche to be like, hey, like, it's like going to a fighter. You just became the champion of the world. When are you fighting again? <laughs> yeah. Right? But, like, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. case, do you have an idea of, like, where you see Evolve being, like, five years down the road? Or, like, what legacy you're going to create out of this? Is, you know, is it like, oh, man, we're going to have... X amount of locations across Canada. We're going to India. You know, you're coming with me, Kenny. You can do my translator. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like,
2: you tell me, man. You let us know. <laughs> go put it evolve in India. Yeah. baby. let's go. 100%. That'd be sick, bro. Yeah, you said that'd be sweet.
1: Be unreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, hundred locations if not more. Sweet. That's sick. the goal, man. Yeah, yeah. International or for sure, absolutely. That's mm. sick. Yeah, like we know the model works. We know it's in demand. Space, you know, is in demand. Right from a uh, and we're pushing more on onto the medical side as well. Nice. Right, so the newer locations have more and more because we see the demand. Right, you're having more massage therapists and chiros and physios wanting to do their own thing, but rent's getting more and more and more and more because they're built like the places are running out of real estate. Like I'm not like it's crazy to think that our Vancouver location Brentwood. So there's two locations going in there. One's Brentwood, one's in downtown Vancouver. The red one filled up. Right, eight months before we're supposed to open. And we have a wait list, right? So when you're going into metropolises, they don't have space, right? So we are the answer to space. That's awesome. Amazing. So, um, yeah, it will just continue to expand, continue to expand. So from the preparation standpoint, we're seeing what has worked, what what didn't, right? Analyzing what has, saving for, for next, right? So we can always, you know, be prepared. And if you don't mind me asking, John, and I know that
0: this is a personal question and it might be something where it's like, ah, well... We're still yet to think on it, but the way I'm looking at seeing evolve, right? I had a very personal connection with the downtown location, mm. and that was at the time when um, I was very involved with Pivotal Physio mm. as uh, one of their ambassadors. So I walked in, and of course, like my first impression of the place was like, "Wow, like this is amazing!" Right? Like everything from the turf to the weight training, the ball slams on the walls. Like you don't you don't get that anywhere else. And then um, you know, I recognized that it was very clear to me that. Evolve was the hub of the hub and spoke model. Like mm. it was Evolve being the gym aspect. Mm. And then you got all the other vendors around it. Is this still model wise where you see each location going? Where it's like, hey, you know what? The focus, let's just say 70% of the space is Evolve gym. Mm-hmm. And then every other vendor is going to get a small little fraction of that space outside of what makes it the 30. Mm-hmm. Or in a perfect world, do you see things where it's like, ah, oh, you know what? Okay, maybe with this one vendor, maybe they offer jujitsu jitsu or they offer anything that is going to be the primary focus and then, mm-hmm. okay, it's okay, Evolve Gym will be like a fraction of that space. Are those things that you've thought of as far as now creating different floor plans and looking into which vendors are interested in what piece of that floor? Like, is, is this something that you thought about or is it very much so main spaces evolve and everyone else gets a small chunk?
1: Oh no. It's always seeing what is the best, cool. right? So the percentages always change. It'll yeah. always change based on demand, right? If I was stuck in my ways, that's not good, right? Um, because it, that also, in my head, is a risk or higher risk of competition, right? So if I am stuck in my ways and saying, this is the only thing that will work, right? Someone's going to look at it and say, there's an opportunity that he's missing, and I capitalize on it, right? So because I'm fluid and I, we are changing all the time, then we could always make sure that we are you know, fighting for the best product versus being stagnant and stuck, saying this is what it is. So the percentage could for sure change. I'll give you a perfect example. Um, the first location that uh, we opened it's 13,000 square feet. Actually, it's 11,200 and like 1,800 square feet on the above. Right? So we'll call it 13,000 square mm-hmm. feet. Amazon is 36,000 square feet. So a huge difference in size, absolutely huge. Our new locations, our seating locations, 32,000 square feet, Uh, our Royal Oaks, 32,000 square feet. So now we're going substantially larger, right? Because we see a demand. I wanna be able to push a 70,000 location, 70,000 square feet location in the next couple of years, right? So it's always gonna change depending on what it is. So the percentage of the gym and everything else will for sure change. But uh, from the focal standpoint, in my eyes, um, the gym is the hub because it brings the most amount of people, right? Because yeah, makes sense. we want to expose the massage therapist and the chiropractor to as many people as possible, right? So if we can say, okay, what's the value proposition that you're getting at a massage addict versus Evolve, right? Yes, you have for sure, like, people know it's a massage place. But do you have thousands of people walking by your door a day, right? That's the value proposition that we want to offer. That's fair. Right. Or the personal trainer. Right. Uh, Or whoever. Right. So we're wanting to make sure that we provide enough value to the people who are in there. And that is going to change based upon who is in there.
0: Especially Uh, as a brand creates more awareness to itself. Yeah. Where people are aware. Hey, Evolve Strength Gym. Done. Exactly. It's creating more foot traffic. And now everyone else is going to gain benefit of that.
1: Exactly. That's
0: what they're mainly coming in for.
1: And I'll I'll give you an example of uh, a failure that that we have. Right. So Mm -hmm. in one of the locations, it's too loud. Right. So we had some mental health therapists in there, but it was too loud and the foot traffic was too high. Mm. Right. So I'm thinking, OK, can I adapt this current location? I can make some tweaks, but it's, it's I can't make a lot. Yeah. Right. So can I attract another one? Maybe. Maybe I can. Maybe not. We'll see. But in our future locations, I'm going to make sure that there is a adequate space that is almost soundproof. Mm-hmm, right. You think yeah, exactly. So I'm analyzing crap. That didn't work. Okay, well, I'm gonna prepare it for the future, right. and make sure that I can, uh, you know, attain that. Cause mental therapy is awesome; I love it. Um, so I want to be able to provide that in locations in the future. But I need to make sure that it is adequate for a space for them. That's brilliant. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I love that.
0: That's so cool. I really appreciate the honesty, man. That's so that like, especially even just mentioning a failure like that, and just recognizing that those shortcomings come with. You know opportunities of I'm improving in the future. Totally, really seeing what to fix, right? Yep, that's awesome. So a hundred locations—it's going down, man. I'm super stoked for you, and I know that's going to happen. That's yeah. unreal. Pushing, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like for the people listening, and, and even entrepreneurs or those invested in in health and fitness, are you very much so basing these hundred locations off all franchise models? Where like if people wanted to, let's say, run their own Evolve Gym, or they wanted to help. You propel that forward. Mm-hmm. How does that look? Is that one of those things where you look into based off their experience, or it is like, yeah, you become a franchise owner, and we have a model for that, and here's how here's how we go about it. Mm-hmm. What does that look like for someone getting some level of buying or investing in helping you grow what you're planning on doing?
1: Yeah, so franchise for sure. Like the downtown location is franchised, right? So uh, as well as one in Calgary. Uh, and we're doing corporate expansion and we're doing joint venture partnerships. I'm open to all partnerships to determine what is the best opportunity uh, because it always has to make sense for everyone, right? So for sure um, franchising, for sure corporate growth, for sure joint venture uh, depends on the person, depends on the market, right? What I've found, and here's another example of a quote-unquote failure, right? So going into a new area, it's difficult to um, describe Evolve over the phone right yeah, it terrible. is hard it's freaking hard <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. even from the gym side people are like well, what's your gym like is it a traditional gym no it's not we have instead of three squat racks 20 squat racks instead of a small piece of turf we have a massive piece of turf but they're like well how big well i have to show you Good right see it. Yeah. as well as we have no mirrors right and people are like what you have a gym with no mirrors like yeah you got to experience it to understand it mm-hmm. right so i can't tell these i can't tell it really well over the phone so when we were trying to expand into bc It's kind of hard because there's no physical location there, right? So we decided, okay, why don't we put up a corporate location first so we can then bring people there, right? So we fully anticipate that once the locations are open, then we can franchise more in that area because we actually show the person what it is. It's It's different, right? So yeah, the expansion-wise will be kind of a mix. Uh, Most likely in new areas, we'll do a corporate location to get it there uh, so people can see it and they will franchise off that. So I'm curious, on for the
2: design of the actual gym, mm. is that it, it, are those little things like having the squat racks and no mirrors, is that your idea? Is that your idea? Where you you know, or or are I mean I'm sure there is obviously a strategic piece for the things that you do, mm-hmm. but. Um, was that off to get the design like how 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 does the design of the actual gym come into play is that is that you is that your partners is that mm. you know where's where the inspiration or the idea or the spark come from okay we're not gonna have mirrors we're gonna have this and we're gonna place them here and we're gonna have it this and when someone walks in they're gonna go you know how how does that look like
1: yeah it's super easy again like it's all based on risk right um i'll ask you guys what's the biggest complaint a commercial gym has for, for, from, a, from, a, from the gym standpoint, from the equipment standpoint. No space. No space. What else? Uh, the music. Okay, music. <laughs> what else? Probably they say a lot of cardio equipment, so there's no complaints there. Yes, yes. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Lots they, of they, that. They there's say like, oh, like, I wish there was more strength equipment. Yeah. Yes. I wish there were more squat racks. Yeah. I wish there were more machines. Oh, yeah. So like, sure. it's like, okay. <laughs> Problem yep. solving. That all there. That's it. <laughs> Let's just be very different. Yeah. Yeah, so like people, time and time again, I, I worked in gyms and people are like, fuck, I wish there was more squat racks. Okay, well then just have Skippy more squats. Yeah. Oh, I wish we had more dumbbells. Oh, I wish we had more machines. We don't need enough, uh, enough cardio, and you you wash right. And you're nobody probably likes there. Cardio. like yeah. No the, one does. Yeah, man. like the, the joke I always say is the cardio pieces are busy between January one and January fifth, <laughs> and <laughs> then they're empty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. Done.
2: It's over. Yeah. It's 100%. not fun.
1: One hundred percent. Yeah. So that's literally all it was. So people just complained. I was like, okay, well, I'll just make a gym that's completely opposite of it. So we usually, okay. so typical commercial gyms will have like 100 pieces of cardio. Our highest one will have maybe 30. Right? Oh, there you go. Yeah. And then, th- then we have 25, 30 squat racks. And we have benches. You can move stuff. And here's the thing. You can squat. You can bench. You could bicep curl in the squat rack. We don't care. It doesn't matter. You have full uh, flexibility to do whatever you want. Yeah. Right? One of the things we say is train how you want. So we we'll allow lifting. We allow dropping our weights using chalk. You just go and do whatever you want. Grunting is
2: okay. (laughs) Yeah, working hard is okay. There should be a big sign. Grunting is okay. No disrespect to Planet
0: Fitness, but I'm telling you, man, I never walked into a gym that made me feel like it was for five-year-olds and like 70-year-olds. No disrespect to 70-year-olds because my two 70-year-old clients kick ass. But like, man, I'm in there and I'm reading the sign and it was like, this siren will go off if you decide to grunt or wear a bodybuilding um, Tank uh, tank top. And I was like, And then it says, this is so that, (laughs) this is where I got confused. I have to justify this. This is so that we promote equality and recognize that we're in a safe place for everyone to feel safe. Some shit like that, right? And I was like, wait a second, but you just you just made fun of someone making fun of like like you just made fun of someone wearing a bodybuilding tank top. Like what so now a bodybuilding guy's gonna come in here and that he's gonna feel like the outlier? Like you guys are just doing to how you might feel uh, you know, you might uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. How you might feel going into a commercial gym or an evolve gym. I was cheese. I wanna take a photo of it, report it. I was ready to like give it a one-star review on Google. <laughs> oh yeah. Just kidding, I'm not that guy. But like <laughs>
1: How oh, yeah. I should, man. I've seen videos of people, like, dropping their weights and seeing the lung alarm go on. <laughs> oh, That'd be crazy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, like, Planet Fitness is making the move in Edmonton, so I'd love to check them out. I've never been to one before, yeah, right? Yeah. But, yeah, it'd be cool just to see. And I can understand their, like, the craziest thing is Planet Fitness, a uh, public company, the largest footprint, I believe, in North America.
0: Oh, what? I didn't like, wow. know that. Serious,
1: like, they are very large. There's a market for it, that's
0: what I was like, the business Perfect. person was going, there's a market for this, but like, it's quite niche, <laughs>
1: you Yeah, know, but it works. Yeah, they're the ones who wanna get the people who are on the couch into the gym, and that's totally understandable, that's super cool. Right, it's super cool. Yeah. Like, and the way that also we're looking at it from Evolve standpoint, right, is where do we fit? Right, uh, because if you can say, Planet Fitness is from the beginners, and Good Life could be for intermediate, We could be for, obviously our goal is to get everyone, but we know we can't, Yeah. right? Um, So we have, you know, intermediate to advanced, right? And then then we have beginners too. The really cool thing that I wanted to push, and you could see it in group classes like CrossFit. CrossFit, probably the best example of this is community, right? And community, I was like, why, why why is CrossFit so good at community? I was thinking about it, like, what what's going on? i was chatting with people, and they say, "Oh, like, I love it." I go like my 6 a.m. class, I see the same people over and over for like two years. I was like, "Oh, it's consistency of people. Mm. That's what makes community." Yes. If you see the same people over and over again, you'll just chat with them because you see them all. It makes the you time. more
0: likely to show up because you feel like they're gonna get better
1: than you if you don't. Sure. Thing, right? Yeah, but like if I go into a gym and I've mm, I i do not know anyone, what's my likelihood of uh, or never seen them before? What's my likelihood of saying, "Hey, how's it going?" You know rare yeah. but if I see them four times and 10 times and 12 times like, oh hey man how's it going yeah I saw your left sweet right what we want to push to and evolve is the consistency and this is quite interesting so uh, when I was working at World Health the average check-in rate per week was around 0.9 so 0.9 times per week someone would come in right mm-hmm. because their goal is to target the people who don't show up right? ours is around 3.8 nice So, a lot of people, there's consistency. So, everyone is seeing all the same people over and over again. And there's a strong sense of community there, right? Because you see someone all the time. Good. And then the touch from mirrors, right? Uh, From, like, a scientific standpoint, and obviously people argue all this stuff, right? But um, I found, especially with Olympic lifting, powerlifting, uh, or any sport-related activity, right? You're developing kinesthetic awareness through movement, right? If I'm going to push an overhead press... It's better for me to feel it and understand it from a kinesthetic standpoint rather than looking at it, mm. right? Because, and it's very simple. Like if I say from a technique standpoint, focus on that, 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 that and four things, you're going to forget all of them, right? Right? So if you're looking at something, you're just focusing on one thing. If I'm, And it's very funny. Like you, you're focusing on squatting. You're just looking yourself going up and down. But if you're not looking at yourself, you're focusing more on, Back, you know, extension, erection, strengthening, like pushing from wow. knees, hips, quads, glutes, hands. are you're feeling it. You're like, yeah, this feels so much better, right? And you're getting a better awareness of it. Uh, I find from a correction, and people will argue, well, you can't correct yourself from it. Well, do you think you're going to correct your m- movement while doing the actual movement? Like if I, if you're trying to learn how to kick a soccer ball, are you going to stop mid-soccer ball kick? No, you're going to... Probably video yourself, do a couple reps, look at it, see what's wrong, and then try to then do it again. So you're reflecting once the activity is done. Same idea, right? Uh, so I don't see the need for mirrors. And plus, from a creepy standpoint, you not know, getting those creepy guys staring at you and like yeah. you're pushing really hard and you uh, catch eyes with some dude. Like, oh, crap. Mirror. oh, no, oh, regular face,
3: All right? Yeah, mirror to mirror to yeah. mirror. Yeah. You yeah, I nice.
0: never looked at it like that, man. That's actually yeah, that's brilliant. It makes so much sense Very when you put it that way.
1: Yeah, BJJ. Are you staring yourself in a mirror? Yeah, I no, just, just think man. it's feel, man. It's feel. Yeah. Yeah. My
0: coach is big on that with music, right? Mm. So every time our head coach, like I remember some people be like, hey, like, Pedro, why don't we have music? He's like, no, man, music, you're not going to feel jiu-jitsu if you have a music. You're going to be too busy, you know, singing lyrics, all this bullshit. In a competition, you have music? No. So here to fight. And like, you know it makes Love sense. Yeah, He's yeah, like, you know, you're here to fight. Like, focus on the actual activity itself, and that's what it made me think of. Totally right. And it's funny though, because when Pedro's not teaching, and it's our other coaches, we put on the music. <laughs> <laughs>
3: you know, like,
0: we got music. As, you know, it makes Those you jokes. want to do more. You feel motivated. Yeah. But no, it's it's unique to see the other side, man. Especially with mirrors, right? Oh yeah.
1: And like anecdotally, this is always my right. I obviously squat, no mirrors, on a platform, looking out, right, focusing, like eyes gaze up, and I went to a gym to check it out, you know, squatting um, in front of mirrors. And I hurt my quad because I was staring at my knee because I was just oh, focusing wow. it. Oh, dang, yeah, right? because uh-huh. I forget about you know, uh-huh. you know external
0: rotation, push that it. one slight bit, and it's too heavy to even anticipate.
1: Uh-huh. You know? Exactly, yeah. So I was focusing on something because I've never seen my knee move in years during a <laughs> squat, uh-huh. but I forget everything else, yes, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Damn, if I'm yeah. squatting, you know, I'm not looking at myself, just focusing, I'm feeling it, right? Focusing on the push.
2: Man, I
0: love that. Mm-hmm. I that's I, I appreciate you sharing that. I have, like, way more respect for no mirrors people. <laughs> yeah,
2: you're going to take out all the mirrors, Yeah, there's no more mirrors in that studio, You're going to take them all down. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, people say it's weird at the beginning, but when they were like, oh, it's so much better then when they go to the gym, like, I hate looking at myself. Yeah. <laughs> there's that, too, though. There is yeah. that, too, right? Some people who now you're
0: cap- capturing that market of people who don't want to.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. and it creates that. You know, um, not saying that wanting to improve yourself physically is bad, but it does shy away from the individuals who are looking at, you know, from a bodybuilding perspective, like I want to get big, which is great. Um, you know, we have a lot of bodybuilders working out there, but it's not like, you know, walking with, you know, posing in front of a mirror, yeah. which could make people, uh, you know, awkward, right? Yeah, so sure. we have mirrors in the, in the change rooms. Exactly.
0: That's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I wanted to share one last piece on my end before we wrap things up. Um, It's some hands-on advice, right? Maybe if you guys can both share this with me, I find it's the same thing you probably thought of when you were ready to open up or thinking about opening up a gym, uh, John. And you know, for me, I always tell myself when I'm ready to open up a jujitsu gym, I I know like what my prerequisites need to be is. First and foremost, I want to make sure that I get my black belt and BJJ and, you know, I want to co-partner with my brother and I know he needs to make sure he's ready at that point where he's f- pretty much done fighting professionally because fighting is one of his biggest focuses right now, mm. and getting back into the UFC and so on. So, I mean, now for me, I'm the one planting the seeds. And I'm the one preparing, so to speak. And I think about this far ahead. I just don't want to be another gym that opens. You know, I think about that. I'm like, well, you know, maybe for you, you thought the same thing. Well, I just, you know, I want it to be different. The no mirrors, the this, the that. So what the first thing that came to mind was let's create a very unique cafe. Like it's like a place where you could come grab a coffee, grab an espresso, sit down and chill. But it's an open mat concept too. So you have the Mm -hmm. cafe idea and then you have jujitsu and MMA there. So that was like the thing that I'm still settling with. If like that's really going to be it. Um, I wanted to generally know what you guys think of that idea. If it's like, okay, well, this this gym has a unique offering. You go and you can actually have a coffee before you train or after or whatever have you, a light snack. Um, Is that a model that you guys think is unique or any other ideas or tips that you guys would have where it's like, oh, like, you know, if you are going to be different with an MMA or Jiu-Jitsu gym, here's some other options to consider adding or subtracting that you guys might have seen or heard in other places.
1: I would say that... uh... It's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because um, you're trying to add on something from a value proposition to get people to be like, oh, sweet, it's a coffee. Do you think someone who's wanting to train from a good BJJ instructor is going to care about a coffee? Yeah, I don't no. No, really like they, they want good instruction. They want the service, right? Exactly. Needs to be surrounded, you know, by that. Right by Kenny's amazing at BJJ, I just wanna learn from him, or his programming is better, or the atmosphere is better, or the individuals going there is better. That's the, in my eyes, the value proposition of BJJ. And then you want to build community, and that builds community having a cafe, but that should come after the fact when you know that there's demand, Yeah. right? Because you gotta look at it from a business standpoint. A cafe, when you first say cafe, I think plumbing. I think construction, I think costs, right? That's probably going to cost you 150 grand. Yeah, right? You're going to have to have a barista there. You're going to have to know what kind of beans you're going to get. Uh, are you going to do pour overs? Are you going to do cold brew? Here lunch, I am thinking, like
0: I just got a braville upstairs. <laughs> yeah, just whisk my whisk my milk, put my espresso. And totally, Jokes. exactly, <laughs> yeah.
1: And then you got to think about like wastage and spoilage and yeah. milk and stuff like that. So, what's the ROI on that? Right? Is it just to build community? Well, I would think that's a bad return on investment because you could build community other ways. Yeah. Right for cheaper. Right. So, but if you you using it as a business value proposition to be like, okay, it's gonna be investment one hundred fifty K but we should see a return on investment in one year or two years, but is going to provide, you know, solid return on investment from the community standpoint to keep retention up, then that would make sense to me. That's fair. Yeah.
0: There you go. Man. Now I have a light bulb idea.
2: John had bars there. He did. He did. Oh, Scratch out the coffee shop. Just, yeah, yeah. Scratch not, out the coffee shop. you coffee, do shop, no coffee shop with the... 100
0: locations. Evil <laughs> strength the BJJ, baby. That's Let's what go. I'm talking Let's about. Let's go. There <laughs> 100%. Go. But it's see. cool that you actually do that with Haas at yes, downtown. Absolutely. And it's brilliant. Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Right? Exactly. And
0: I thought that was so cool. Because for me, those are two things I see that I love. I'm like, jujitsu Steps away from a squat rack? Like, yeah. Totally. That was yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You know? And then
1: I would say okay, um, you want to open a BJJ gym, um, how much do you want to spend? Right? Are you ready to invest $450,000 into yeah. a building and sign a 10-year lease with a landlord who you probably have to provide a personal security uh, with? Right? So putting up your home, whatever the case may be. Or, as well as building out washrooms and plumbing and dealing with toilet paper and dealing with uh, paper towel and cleaning. Oh, that's or, especially in the beginning. Exactly. Or do you just want to rent out 1,200 square feet for mat space and that's it? Yeah, you don't have to worry about cleaning. You don't have to worry about reception. You don't have to worry about washrooms. You don't have to worry about everything else. You're just going to train, right? That's awesome. And that's, that's the value proposition to you, yeah. someone who's wanted to do it, right? You can you have your own space, mm-hmm. but you have common area too. And now you can use a gym. You can say where you get access to, you know, 4,000 square foot change rooms with with steam. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Then you just
0: see the amenities that it comes with. No man, you're making me think a lot, that's for sure. So I appreciate you for that. Yeah. Right? That's awesome. Well, well you know, we're solving problems on the spot. Do you have anything else you'd like to share, or add there, I, Cassius? I think I think it was I don't know. I'm I'm good. You're satisfied? Yeah. John, you know, at this point of the episode we always like to end off with uh, our guest sharing the following. Is we believe that through you coming on the show that you indoctrinate certain values and certain, let's say, experiences on, on how to elevate and take things to the next level, mm. right? How to evolve your life in this case. Sure. So we <laughs> wanted to hear. Keep throwing the puns. <laughs>
4: yeah. That probably
0: never gets <laughs> old, <whole day>. eh? <laughs> like, like man, last... what are your new year resolutions? No, what are your evolved resolutions? That's like, right, You know, damn. like change it up. But like, let's put it this way. What advice would you give to our audience and what you believe it takes to elevate to the next level? You know, like the, the whole idea of second floor when it began, John, was like we wanted to learn ourselves what it takes to take things up to, to the next level. Hence the term, you know, second floor. Yes. So what is, what is your opinion on if anyone out there does have their own passion for something, mm-hmm. you know, what do they need to do based off your advice to,
1: to take it up to the next step? Um, analyze the risk. And what you'll probably find is that the risk actually isn't that big. Yeah. So when like I know Gary Vee would say like, You know, you have your day thing, your 9 to 5, then you have your, what is it, 6 to 10 or something like that, working on that. And people ask, when do you switch, right? It all boils down to risk, right? So if you have, from a monetary standpoint, if you need $3,000 a month uh, and you can achieve that in your passion, 6 to 10, and push it, then you know that the risk is low, right? So you can, you know, make that change easily, uh, well, maybe not easily, but with little risk, right? Um, So that's really important, just analyze the risk. And yes, you will find that it's not as scary as you think, for sure. And then the next one is just go and take the first step. Like I said, I'm I'm an 80% guy, sometimes 70% guy, right? I get it to there, it's good enough, right? Uh, Analyze the risk. Is the good enough good enough so that the risk level is low? If it is, bam, send it out, analyze it, what worked, what didn't, change it up, and then do it again. So yeah don't wait for don't wait for perfection right yes. just like uh, yo, know, oh, I need this that and that to be there and then I can do it you don't you honestly don't you just go and freaking do it yeah like you have a place in your basement literally
3: yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> there exactly. you go yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. freaking like do start it start there
1: yeah right. you didn't think like, oh I, I need to rent my own space nah, freaking I got a room start somewhere yeah exactly just right. start and then like give 100% of yeah.
0: your energy to it and I love that you say that because there's so many times I've been guilty of it too where it's like no not perfect yet no
1: not perfect yet it's like well, when, when, when will it be
0: and yeah, how will exactly. you know until you get the feedback yeah. from people who
1: are experiencing it totally and yeah. um, be comfortable with the word no that's a big one right so I, I chat with a lot of um, Nate students Spectrum students Right, and I say um, you're gonna hear a lot of no's, but don't let it discourage you, uh, because no to me is an opportunity to make it better. All right, very simple, like in, in sales. Right, um, I read another book. You know, maybe my third book. Oh, uh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: He's like I sound like a dead reader
1: over here. I know. But he isn't. I yeah. love it. Uh, I can't remember what it's called. I think it was um, it was either it was a sales book. I think yeah, it doesn't matter. Zig Ziglar, I think, was the guy. Uh, who wrote it and um, he said I love objections because if I can satisfy someone's objection there's no reason they will not buy and it's true Mm. if you say hey yo buy this car like uh, I don't know if I you know the gas mileage is good and you prove that it is good there's no reason he wouldn't buy Mm -hmm. right so yeah like freaking objections are the best because it gives you the exact hurdle that you need to go over right so rather than shooting in the dark and hoping you can you know satisfy everyone's outcome or everyone's desire if they say no I don't like it because of this you know what you have to do All right? so it's yeah it's wicked it's so simple right you, you told me the problem and now I just got to fix the problem
0: analyze the risks number two to that was you know it's okay if it's 80% and then number three is don't be afraid to handle objections and have a no yeah, cuz there's going to be something out of that. Oh yeah, it gives you see. guidance. Yeah. That's man. If if I just heard that, I'd be like, you know what? I don't need my business degree. I'm good. Right? this is like totally. Guru John, man. Guru John, <laughs> oh, Guru yeah, it's right.
4: <laughs> no way. <laughs> it's beautiful. <Guru> man. John. <laughs> <Right>?
0: Jokes, man. <laughs>
3: awesome.
0: But anyway, man. Jokes aside, we appreciate you so much, John. Yeah. I know, yeah. like, there's probably a billion things you could have done on your Sunday evening here, man. And the fact that you took the time to sit with Cassius and I, you know, connect with us through, you know, shout out to Raj Dillon, uh, owner of Pivotal Physio, who, you know, is one of your, um, you know, respective. Uh, let's call it partners within Evolve, who totally. is is you know in the space at downtown, and it just goes to show that y- you practice what you preach, you know. And you, you said a lot today about how much you care about community and how much you care about just helping other people, and you being here and the the advice you've even given Cassius and I has given me a lot of clarity in the directions I want to take, and I'm sure it will for our audience. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, man. you're that welcome. Awesome, was awesome. It was awesome. Um, we always like to ask, you know, where can our um, audience members potentially follow your journey or or connect with you or like whatever else whatever social platforms you're willing to share where we could continue to connect with you and or evolve
1: yeah uh evolve on the web is uh and .com bought it yeah well that's my another story. It was too expensive when I first registered Evolve. Yeah. Dot uh, because someone bought it, so I got ca. But uh, we finally bought dot com. So nice. There you go. <laughs> hey,
4: leveling up,
0: nice. man. Yeah,
1: leveling
3: yeah,
0: up. I know,
4: right? <laughs>
1: um, yeah. I then like email, phone. Like I'm on LinkedIn. I'm in Sweet. Uh Yeah. There you go. That's perfect, man. Well, ladies and
0: gentlemen, without further ado, um, we'd like to you know wish John all the best in his uh, cleared dialed in focus on getting to 100 locations and, you know, opening up in Amazon headquarters here in 2023 is going to be huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, we actually expect a, a personal VIP invite, man. So <laughs> hey, you we'll, let us know, <laughs>
1: man. We'll do a podcast there. Yes, guys. there it is. Man.
0: That counts, man. I'm excited. Yeah. And uh, other than that, man, we wish you all the best and uh, it was a huge pleasure having you. Yeah, thank here. you guys. Um, for those of you listening, if you like this episode, feel free to share it, review it, um, you know, let us know what you think and you can find it on all streaming platforms.
2: That's a wrap. There it it is.